1: This is Father Mark Bulos with the Bible as Literature podcast. Nothing irritates a person of responsibility more than someone or something that distracts from the issue at hand. Faced with distraction, a wise manager acts quickly to get the team back on track. Whatever the disturbance, the manager's goal is to settle the matter soon so that the team can stay on task to complete the the mission. That's what St. Paul does in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and that's exactly what Matthew picks up on in chapter 19 of his gospel. Richard and I discuss the gospel of Matthew chapter 19 verses 10 to 12. You're listening to the Bible as Literature.
0: Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton.
1: And you are listening to episode 337 of the Bible as Literature Podcast. Rich, we've been working through Matthew 18 and now transitioning into 19. Consistently, we see a connection with not just the Law of Moses, but the letters of St. Paul. And it seems. Matthew lately favors 1 Corinthians. Last week we saw the connection clearly in his handling of the question of divorce, and it continues this morning with the discussion of eunuchs. Paul deals with the question of celibacy or asexuality in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and it seems Matthew is following the same pattern.
0: Matthew is taking these very clear Themes from 1 Corinthians and tying them in with this particular Matthäan idea of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is that notion, that place, that state in which one is following Torah. One is carrying out one's duty to others according to what is taught by the Torah. By taking these ideas from 1 Corinthians about the duty that one has, he now establishes this as the law of the land the law of the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus came to inaugurate, even John the Baptist came to inaugurate this, so that this is the law that's carried out. The thing that is always clear is that in this kingdom of heaven, you have a duty to others, and you must carry that out. We've been saying time and time again over the past several episodes that you don't have the right to get yourself off the hook using this law, that the point of this law, this Torah, is to put you on the hook with the duty. If you're not interested in that duty, you're not interested in the kingdom, and you've effectively excommunicated or expatriated yourself from this kingdom.
1: We have to remember that Matthew is the gospel of the faithful centurion. Why is that important? Because Matthew's gospel is mission-oriented, It is commandment-oriented and mission-oriented. That's why the book of Jonah factors so heavily into Matthew's teaching. Jonah had a mission. Do this. Go here and deliver this. That mission is the central mission of the Gospel of Matthew. So when Paul is talking about whether to marry or not marry in 1 Corinthians, his reference is the mission. If sexual desire is something that you are struggling with, then get married. What's the big deal? Just don't let it become an obstacle to the work. It's like a teacher or an employer saying, yeah, it's great that you went on a date the other night, but why didn't you show up on time for work? Or why didn't you turn in your term paper? If dating is going to get in the way of your college studies, then cool it. That's what Paul is saying. And then he goes on to explain, look, I myself don't have a desire to get married. I'm fine just doing the work. And if you can just do the work, that's great. But whether you're married or unmarried, whether you're celibate or you're a eunuch or whatever, no matter what your station in the household, you have a responsibility to maintain the real commitment, which is to the mission of teaching. The disciples said to him, if the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. Interesting that the disciples sound a bit like (laughs) a child who's given instructions and says, oh, well, yeah, never mind. I don't want to do that. That's too hard, Papa.
0: (laughs) Hey, you want to make five bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then you're going to have to do this and this and this and this and this and this. Never mind, I don't want the $5. I'll make the $5 some other way. You want the $5, but you don't want the work that goes into it. And the disciples here are very clear, you know, well, if this is what it means to be married, then it's better not to be married. Well, the Pharisees were using Moses to get themselves off the hook by saying, well, you know, if I get tired of my wife, all I have to do is write a letter of divorce and then I can be divorced. What's the big deal? And Jesus says, no, 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 you're on the hook. You're only allowed to divorce her out of compassion to her, out of mercy to her when she wants to leave you. This does not let you off the hook. This reminds you that you're on the hook. So then what do the disciples do? The disciples say, well... Let's get off that hook, Jesus. But Jesus had put them on the hook saying, if you're married, you have a duty to your wife. And they say, well, let's get out of that duty then. I don't want to take care of a wife if I have to take care of a wife that much. Why not just get out of that duty towards her? I would rather just not have a neighbor if that's what it means to have a neighbor.
1: You take that route and you choose not to have a neighbor. Does that mean suddenly that you have lots of free time? not according to St. Paul or his disciple Matthew the Evangelist. But he said to them, Not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this Let him accept it. So, look, guys, there are all kinds of people. There might be cowards like you who decide that the bachelor life is the way to go. (laughs) But if you take that approach, notice here, and this is important, the question shifts from sexual desire, which Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians, to responsibility towards the marriage partner, which is what is handled in Genesis. This is what Matthew is saying. It's also what Paul is saying. It's about duty. So if you want to shirk the responsibility of supporting a household, which is what marriage is about, if you want to shirk that responsibility, then you have a different duty in God's household, ultimately in the kingdom. What's interesting about eunuchs in the classical world is that they had a specific function in society, and it was an important function. If you had a community of women and you wanted to protect them from abuse or safeguard them from sexual entanglements, you would provide a bodyguard or an attendant who was a eunuch, who was non-functional sexually so that his interaction with them would be strictly about the work. This was also true in the bedchambers of nobility in the classical world. The eunuch was someone who was trusted by all because sexuality didn't enter into the equation. They were also trusted intellectuals because they weren't distracted by what was understood, and rightly so, as juvenile sentiment that obstructs rational thinking. So Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians, if sex is not an issue for you, fantastic. If it is, it's okay, it's normal don't judge anybody. Either way is fine. Live and let live. But as you live and let live, it's not do whatever you want along the lines of Western culture. It's live and let live so that we can focus on the mission at hand. And that's what counts.
0: While the disciples wanted to be bachelors, living the life without entanglements with a wife, Jesus brings up the station of the eunuch. Now, before he says this, he says this kind of confusing things, and not everyone can receive this saying except those to whom it is given. And that's an important part because it's not simply a choice. If you look at the choices, if he's talking to, I don't know, say Peter, he's not called out here, but oftentimes Peter gets called out. He says, okay, Jesus does not talk about bachelorhood, the single life. He talks about eunuchs because, like you said, Whether eunuchs are guarding the women's quarters or whether they're intellectuals or whether they're engaged in some of the menial tasks of taking care of the king's body, such as bathing him and changing his sheets and that kind of thing. The difference between a bachelor and a eunuch is that a eunuch has a job. Eunuch is not just a state of body. The eunuch has a particular station and a particular duty. So if Jesus is addressing Peter, some are eunuchs. Born that way. Peter, does this apply to you? Okay, no. There are other eunuchs that are made so by other human beings. Peter, does that apply to you? No, I didn't think so. Okay, so there's a third type of eunuch, and that's the eunuch who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. They became eunuchs in order to carry out their duty in the kingdom, where they would have to serve their neighbor serve man or woman, married or not married, they had a duty to take care of everyone else in the kingdom. That's what it means to be a citizen of this kingdom. If you're not made a eunuch, either by God or by humans, then the only other choice is to be a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven, not a happy bachelor who has no cares in this world. Because while the person who is in the kingdom of heaven has no cares of this world, he is occupied with sharing this teaching and living this teaching and taking care of the weaker brother under all circumstances.
1: This is why the old wisdom of a parent who just pushes the child to get married is actually really useful. I think we place so much emphasis on finding the person you're compatible with and falling in love. And I'm not saying that you should just recklessly join in marriage with someone. But when you've been dating for a long time and you're trying to figure out what to do, this is non-functional for Paul because you're wasting time. It's like deciding to stay in school for an extra five years because you don't want to face the responsibility of getting a job. So you just keep taking loans. You cannot borrow from the time allotted to you to do the work of the gospel. You have to start working now. This is a very common theme, heavily emphasized in Mark, but it's definitely true throughout the biblical narrative. There is no time. Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians that you have to make good use of the time because the days are evil. Sitting here trying to decide what you want to do and which way to go doesn't make sense. So the wise parent says, look, either marry the girl Or let her go, because you're not being fair to her, and you're wasting time. That is how Matthew, or rather Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, is handling the question of sexuality. You're making something out of nothing, and in so doing, the nothing is becoming an obstacle to the mission that the centurion so readily accepted, So get married or don't get married, but let's get to work. That's the reality. And it's important for Christians to start thinking this way, not to get caught up in endless debates about morality, but to focus on our duty toward the neighbor. The duty toward the neighbor will correct your personal life in all facets of human relations, not just sexuality. If you put the needs of the neighbor before yourself, you'll never mistreat someone, you'll never use someone, you'll never betray someone, you'll never dump someone. You will always do the correct thing if you serve the commandment. But part of serving the commandment, the centurion in Matthew teaches us, is being willing to take orders and carry out the mission.
0: It reminds me of that famous story that our professor, Dr. John Barnett, used to tell when he was young and he went to a monk and he said, I don't know, should I get married or should I stay single as a monk? And the monk said, God doesn't care, just love your neighbor.
1: Love your neighbor. It's not rocket science. Thanks very much, Dr. Benton.
0: Thank you, Father.
1: You've just heard the Bible as literature. Thanks for listening.